got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Welcome into another post-game edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Damian Barlin. Can't thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, and can't thank you enough for listening here as the Sacramento Kings fall to 0-4. The Denver Nuggets remain undefeated. Kings lose tonight 101-94 to with another loss. Uh, at the Golden One Center. We'll break down this game the best we can. You'll hear from Coach Luke Walton here uh, in just a little bit. This is going to be the Rashawn Holmes games. This is the game to me that Rashawn Holmes proved to everybody that he should be in the starting lineup. He should be playing with that first group. You could argue you want points coming off the bench and all of that, but Rashawn Holmes, uh, more than the uh, emphatic dunks, uh, more than the 24 points that he put up, he did an incredible job on a guy who a lot of people think uh, or a lot of people thought and maybe still will be an MVP candidate by the end of the year. Nikola Jokic is a stud in every sense of the word. This dude is, is capable of a triple-double as James Harden and Russell Westbrook are. And Rashawn Holmes made life miserable for him tonight. Hey, Jokic had his 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 13 rebounds. Uh, he did, you know, he, he, he had a presence. But his shots didn't fall. Uh, he had no fluidity in the offense. And that was because Rashawn Holmes, again, just made his life absolutely miserable. He was 4-15 from the field. He only had two assists, with his, which is a very, very low number for Jokic. So uh, while we look at the box scores and we watch the highlights and we get the alerts from Bleacher Report on our phone about all of the dunks and all of the points and you know all of the mannerisms that he had and all the gifts that are tweeted out, remember, he was a badass on defense tonight against one of the league's best players and against one of the league's best teams. And that's where the difficulty in truly being able to evaluate this game comes in. You have the 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 game in and of itself. How did the Sacramento Kings perform tonight? And then you have to look at how does this game uh, you know measure up to the way that the Sacramento Kings have played all year. In the end, None of it, it doesn't matter. The Sacramento Kings are 0 and 4. But when we, you know, break it down individually and we just look at this one game, it was by far the most difficult team that the Kings have played so far this year. And it was, by my estimation, uh, the best that the Sacramento Kings played all year. And I would even take it a step further and it would, I would say it was by far the best that the Sacramento Kings have played uh, this year. Yep, the third quarter reared its ugly head again. It didn't look like it would. It took a little bit longer this time, and it wasn't nearly as catastrophic, uh, certainly not nearly as catastrophic as it was uh, in Utah. It wasn't as catastrophic as it was uh, against Phoenix. And and in the third quarter that the Kings had against the Portland Trailblazers, it was their best in terms of scoring, but they were still at a negative 10-point differential. And so we'll we'll get to the third quarter you know, we'll, we'll go through a little breakdown here of the game. It, it started, the Kings went down nine early, and the crowd was completely out of it. And you're just looking at this like, come on, man. If this game hits double digits, if this deficit hits double digits before four minutes have gone by, this is going to be a problem. And uh, thankfully, it didn't. Uh, the Kings went on uh, an 11-3 run. They pulled even with about four minutes and 26 seconds left. Uh, after De'Aaron, he picked, off, uh, he picked off a pass, took it the other way for a two-handed dunk. Rashawn Holmes gave the Kings their first lead with an emphatic dunk 40 seconds later. Uh, he had a really, really great 
first quarter, by the way, finishing five of five with 11 points. That's going to be the theme, by the way. He had an incredible game. I can't, I can't overstate that enough. Uh, Kings were leading at the end of one, though, 28 to 21. Uh, 20 of those points came from Rashawn Holmes. And believe it or not, Trevor Ariza, 11 points in the first quarter from Rashawn Holmes, as we just mentioned, uh, nine points from Trevor Ariza. Unfortunately, those were the end of the points uh, for, for Trevor Ariza. He scored nine in the first quarter, and he said, I'm good. I'm done. Uh, and he, and he, he very much was. The Kings continued uh, scoring. So there was a point, uh, I would say, midway through the first quarter where things kind of shifted for the Kings. First few possessions we just talked about, the Kings were approaching another double-digit deficit and how that just the, the fans were already clearly frustrated. It, it, it felt like it was quiet in there, though it's been hard to tell with the miking of the crowd uh, on, on, on Comcast lately. But they had no movement whatsoever probably the first three minutes of the game. You go back and you watch those first three minutes. Go back and watch them again. They don't make more than two passes. And then as the ball started to move around, they were just making three. It was like ball handler to eventual shooter. And then there was a stretch where it was ball handler to some guy back to ball handler, and then the ball handler would be the guy who took the shot. About midway through the first quarter, that's when you started to see ball movement. It was like, oh, okay, that, that, that right there, that's what we want. That's what, that's what we want to see. The ball moving around. That's what we're used to seeing. That's what we saw last year. The ball is moving around. Guys are touching it, and they're getting open shots. Beautiful. Perfect. Second quarter comes along. Ball movement. That was a theme really throughout. I mean, if, in totality, I thought the Sacramento Kings moved the ball really well. There were a few moments where, you know, ISO ball crept in. Um there, there were a few moments where the where the offense wasn't fluid. It was ugly. It, it, it was what we saw against Utah. It was what we saw against Portland. But overall, I thought the Kings did a great job uh, moving the ball around. And that was very, very evident in the second quarter. Uh, everybody was getting a touch. They closed the quarter on a 14-4 run. They took a 6.53-47 lead into halftime. And then everyone kind of held their breath like, okay. It's halftime. The third quarter's coming. The third quarter has been an absolute disaster for the Sacramento Kings this year. I, I tweeted that the Kings, and I don't tweet often, but I, I felt the need to, to point out that the Kings have been outscored 96-60 to 60 in the third quarter so far this year. That's not an opinion. That was a fact. And there were some Kings fans that were unhappy with me for sharing that fact with them. And so I said, all right, my bad. Let me just step out and see what the Sacramento Kings are able to do here in this third quarter. Maybe this won't be the one. It's clearly the best first half that they've played. Let's see what they're able to do here in the third quarter. First four or five minutes go by. It's like, okay, shots aren't really falling, but they're playing okay defensively. Shots aren't falling for Denver either. All right, we might get through this one. And then not so much. Kings were outscored in the third quarter, 30-17. to 17. Bringing the grand total through four games to a point differential in the third quarter of minus 49. Minus 49 for the Sacramento Kings 
in the third quarter. An 11-0 run uh, gave the Nuggets a four-point lead with just under five minutes left to go uh, in the quarter. It, it just, it, it, we've seen it. We've seen it three times this year. Uh, and, and we saw it again this It wasn't nearly as catastrophic as it was in the previous three games. But you get to this point where you watch the Sacramento Kings, and as as the fourth quarter gets here, you know, the the ball is continuing to move. Like, it didn't feel like, it never once felt like that the Kings were panicking. They never got that, oh my gosh, we're staring at 0-4, we've got to cut into this lead, Uh, we've got to do this. It never felt like they they were moving too fast. Because... In in previous games, that that movement was is what was creating the turnovers. As is is they were they were they just didn't have any have any sense of what they were trying to do and they were coming down the court and they were making a ton of mistakes. Now, now we saw mistakes made. Don't don't get me wrong. We saw Buddy Heald make just some some careless plays um and some careless turnovers. But I never thought the Sacramento Kings panicked. But the problem is when you have a quarter as bad as that the Kings regularly have in the third quarter, the fourth comes around and, you know, they put together a couple of really good possessions. They put together a string of really good basketball. And it was like, okay, great. A couple of defensive stops. Six straight points. What do we, oh, they're, they're still down seven. Like, that's that they're constantly chasing their tail because the third quarter is so bad that even when they play good basketball in the fourth quarter, they're still they're still far behind. And so they actually they went on a 10-0 run. They brought the lead down to three with about 229 left. They got within one after uh just a Rashawn Holmes fighting for an offensive rebound. He hit one of two. The game was within one right there at that point, but that was it. Kings never got over the hump. Nuggets hit a couple of baskets in a row. The lead got pushed up, and the Kings weren't able to close the gap. That was it. It was the even fourth quarter. Each team scored 24, but they were playing from behind. They were playing from behind again after a disastrous third quarter. And it's unfortunate because the Kings really did play well in this game, or at least I thought they did. I thought they did a really good job this game. Shot a bigger, uh, better field goal percentage uh, than, than, than the Nuggets did. Shot a better three-point percentage uh, than the Nuggets did. They were out-rebounded by seven. Uh, we've talked about assists to turnovers. They had 25 assists in this game. Just 13 turnovers. Man, that's a good number, especially compared to what they've had this year. 25 assists, 36 made baskets. Let's go to Luke Walton. Very pleased with the effort we got tonight. Um, that's that's who we have to be. It's why we stress, and there was a point made, um, becoming a team that can compete on defense so that when we have off-shooting nights like we did tonight, we still have a chance to win the game. Uh, I thought we really played uh, a competitive game. We stuck together when uh, the first three games, as Denver made that run in the fourth, and we, you know, we started to complain about some calls like that's kind of where we've gone down the wrong road and tonight we stuck together um came back gave ourselves a chance so obviously we want to win games and that's what we're in the business of doing but you know when you're looking at the big picture which we are it's important that we uh 
that we work on and appreciate the steps that we're taking. And if we compete at that level, uh, we're gonna we're gonna win. We're gonna start winning ball games. Um, I thought Rashawn and Trevor coming in off the bench did a really nice job for us um, tonight. And then throughout the game, we got some really nice efforts from uh, other people. Luke, can you just uh, speak a little bit on the energy that Rasam was able to give you guys? Obviously, that's something you said before the game about creating your own energy, and he came in and immediately created it for you. Yeah, he's uh, he, he he was big as you know, being a dynamic roller to the rim, and he's he's a passionate guy that plays with passion, and sometimes that gets him in foul trouble. Um, and, and we need, you know, we need that type of energy on the court. And I, I was happy to see him have that type of game. And the beauty thing, the beautiful thing about it to me was it, he wasn't, you know, trying to be selfish or, or he wasn't out there getting all those points on his own. It was our team making the correct basketball play and attacking the way that Denver was defending us. And he was the recipient of a lot of unselfish plays from guys that normally score much more than he does. So um, that's kind of who we, you know, we're, we're striving to be as a team, and it was good to see that for him. Obviously, Buddy struggled for the past two games just shooting the ball. Um, what are you seeing from him and kind of maybe what the defense is, is giving him, and then how do you address with him just kind of staying the course? He'll he'll those he'll start making shots. He's uh, you know I, I told Buddy even afterwards I was so impressed with his defensive effort tonight. Uh, I hope that he doesn't take away from this game that <clears throat> playing that hard on defense is you know part of the reason he didn't make shots because he 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 was making winning plays out there uh, for us defensively tonight. And then uh, you know we'll continue to work on getting him open looks and. Uh, he'll make those. I mean, he's too good of a shooter not to. Everyone, everyone misses shots at times, but he, he, you know, as long as he continues to to strive and work uh, the way he has on the other end, he'll be he'll be just fine. Luke Sean Cunningham, ABC Ten. Just I know it wasn't the outcome you wanted, but how much of a step forward did that seem to clean up some of the stuff that you guys? Have it's a big step if. Uh, if we can continue to build on it, right? So it's 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 not it, if we just hey we came out and we competed, we were tired of losing, and now we feel good, even though we lost the game, and we we go backwards. <laughs> it's not a big step, but for us, um, that's that's how we have to play every night, and I think it uh, it's a it's good to feel that, experience that, and now be able to show that on tape, talk about that tomorrow get whatever work we can with, you know, another game on Wednesday coming up, but, and then try to uh, repeat that compete level uh, and then hopefully make it just make a couple more shots. I know it's just one game, but without Marvin Bagley playing in the post and with the way that Holmes brings so much energy, both, you know, in the off the bench and, you know, coming in in the third quarter, is there a potential for him to slide into that starting spot to give you more of an interior presence? Well, you know, the, the thing that I, I talked to the team about is it doesn't matter who starts. I mean, I think Wood Rashawn played like 30, almost 32 minutes, 31 minutes tonight uh, because he was giving us that. So, you know, whether he's starting or not starting, um, the minutes are kind of going to where the energy is coming from and who's bringing it that night. So, yeah, we've talked about it as a staff, for sure. We're always talking about ideas of what what 
we can do to make our team better. Um, but whether he starts, Dwayne starts, we go back and forth, matchups, depending on who we're playing. Uh, it's all just, it's, it's about the, the guys we have and the team we have and, and stepping up when you're called, your name's called. I was really hoping someone was going to ask that question. And James Ham, you are my man and a hundred grand for getting it out there. I hate the line of, oh, it doesn't matter who starts. Like, and I understand, and I completely understand what Luke Walton was saying right there. Completely. I just don't buy it. And, and maybe it doesn't matter to Luke Walton and Igor Kokoskov, and maybe it doesn't matter to the rest of his coaching staff and Lindsey Harding, and maybe it doesn't matter to the front office. But ask Rashawn Holmes if it matters. Ask Rashawn Holmes if it matters that he's go, going out there and he's, he's 10 of 14. You know, he's got 24 points. He's got 13 rebounds. He's guarding the other team's best player. But he's not starting. There is a certain status that goes along with starting. No matter how many coaches or play-by-play guys or talk show hosts try to tell you that, oh, it shouldn't matter because, look it, uh, Dwayne Dedman only played 17 minutes. Rashawn Holmes played 13. Look, we're going to go where the energy is. Ask him. Ask Rashawn Holmes if he doesn't care that he's starting. Just, hey, player, give me an honest-to-God answer here. Does it bother you? Or Let me rephrase that, because we don't know if Luke Walton's going to make a change or not. It didn't sound like he was, but that's a diplomatic answer if he decides to make a change, and it's a diplomatic answer if he doesn't, because he can easily make the change and say, hey, Dwayne, like if you if you play the way Rashawn played the other night, whether you're off the bench or starting, you're going to be playing the 30 minutes. So he's saying he's going to where the energy is, and I completely understand that. And I feel like the way that Rashawn Holmes has played through preseason and the way that he's played through this regular season, despite the fact that the Kings are 0-4, he's earned a spot to play more minutes with De'Aaron Fox and more minutes with Buddy Heald because the more he plays with De'Aaron, the better he's going to look. And the better he's going to be. Dwayne Dedman hasn't taken advantage of his opportunities out there with the starting group. Dwayne Dedman had two turnovers today, four personal fouls. Again, just 17 minutes. I It really, really bothers me. It doesn't bother me. Like, it, it's no, you know, it's, it's nothing off my back. It's just, I think, I just, I don't buy it. And Luke, Luke, Luke was a player. You tell Luke, like, hey, Luke the player. Do you care if you're starting or coming off the bench? Like, And it's not just random guy on the bench, do you care if you're starting? It's like, no, hey, guy who is playing significantly better than the starter. Hey, player who is coming off of the bench, you're playing significantly better than player who's starting. Ask the guy coming off the bench if he cares that he's not starting. You get your name called in front of everybody. You get significantly more recognition when you're starting. There aren't a lot of, you know, Lou Williams players in the world, in the league. Sean Holmes should be starting. And we'll see. And, and, and maybe he's going to, as, as Luke Walton just said there uh, a moment ago. They, they've, they, short turnaround time here. As Charlotte hits the Golden 1 Center on Wednesday and... The Utah Jazz hit the Golden 1 Center on Friday. So whatever the Sacramento Kings got to work out, they're working out in live on-court action. And, uh, you know, there are some other things that I I, I want to point out here as it pertains to the Sacramento Kings offense because we talked about we talked about the game in, a, in the microcosm of the game, just the game, just the four quarters that were played versus the rest of the season. Well, the Kings scored 94 points tonight. Again, 
they were playing the best team so far on, on the very early part of their schedule. With all due respect to Utah, Den- I, I believe that Denver is better, and I believe that Denver is going to wind up being better at the end of the year as well. So this was, this was a difficult matchup in which I think they played well. But again, they, they scored 94 points. The Kings, the team that got everybody's attention last year with their pace and their scoring, right now currently is 30th in scoring. They're 28th in field goal percentage. They're 28th in rebounds, 29th in assist, 27th in blocks, 28th in turnover, 17th in pace, 30th in offensive efficiency, and 27th in defensive efficiency. And they're 30th in fast break points. They were number one for most of last year, and they ended up finishing second. So while looking at the game in and of itself, the Sacramento Kings versus the Denver Nuggets tonight, they played a very good game. And Luke Walton talked about the steps that the Sacramento Kings made to get better. Yeah, we saw more ball movement, and that's evidenced by the amount of turn, uh, the amount of assist, excuse me, that the Kings had. Twenty-five assists, twenty-five assists to thirty-six made baskets. Perfect. That's it. All right, I like it. Twelve turnovers. Boom. Cut that number down. Luke Walton's right. Taking steps. To be better than we were. You almost got to throw the Utah game out because that was so bad. Anything you would have done tonight, you could have fallen on your face tonight and you still would have been better than what you were in Utah. But you look back at the way they get played against Portland. You look back you know, at the entire game against Phoenix. You go back even to the first half against Phoenix where they were leading, headed into halftime. This was the best ball that the Sacramento Kings have played. But... You know, we go back to that clip of 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 Luke Walton talking about well, we're we're I think it's a clip from maybe Saturday's post game, uh, post game press conference where he said, "Yeah, we're 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 that's not who we are." Like, okay, good, because you lost by you know thirty something. Who are you? What is your identity? What is it you wanted to be? So while we can clap and marvel at what Rashawn Holmes did today. Bottom line is Buddy Heald still didn't shoot well. As great as the team was in, in, in terms of moving the ball, Buddy Heald shot poorly. Bogdan Bogdanovich shot poorly. Uh, and De'Aaron Fox was uh, the best scorer offensively in that starting lineup. I don't know how you score defensively. I don't, I don't know why I said he was the best scorer offensively. He was the best scorer in the starting lineup. And, and Belly contributed, but he was 4 of 11. Harrison Barnes contributed, but he was 5 of 12. You know, you, you're going to have guys with, with, with nights like that, but what are the Kings supposed to be? They're still, they're still significantly slower than they were last year, and that I feel like that's a problem because he has them, he being Luke Walton, has them running more half-court offenses. I think he said... Uh, earlier this week, uh, the the reason that he's doing that is because the king has too many kings have too many turnovers. Uh, here's the quote right here. Uh, when asked why the kings haven't pushed the pace thus far, uh, he says, "quote Part of it is uh, we're turning it over so much that I'm not emphasizing pace as much as I will once we clean some of that up." Okay, I I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get that because you have the team doing something that they're not good at. They weren't good at it last year, and it doesn't appear that they're good at it this year, and that's running a half-court offense. You have literally 
the fastest player in the NBA. Utilize him. Allow him to do what he does better than everybody else. In Buddy Heald, you have a player that moves more than anybody else on a basketball court. When Second Spectrum and Next Gen Sats and all do that, and all of those uh, uh, advanced analytics things track movement on a basketball court, Buddy Heald is leading the amount of movement on a night-after-night basis. Or at least he was last year. I don't know what he's doing this year. Because it doesn't feel like the Kings are moving. It feels like they're constantly stuck in mud. Now, it's good that tonight had more ball movement, but it didn't increase pace. And there, I guess, to play you know, devil's advocate against my own freaking argument here for a minute, they, the Kings had stretches where they were moving the ball and they were playing reasonably well. It's just shots weren't falling. That's going to happen, and it's probably going to happen more times than not. But we saw stretches of that happening last year, and the Kings still putting up you know, 100 points or 110 points. They weren't able to do that. Tonight, they haven't been able to do it this year. So what are they going to be able to do Thursday against the Charlotte Hornets when they come to town? Charlotte lost to the Clippers tonight. Kings, again, they don't have time to figure this out. You know, they don't have time to figure it out during practice. They're going to figure it out in front of all of us. And they should absolutely be pleased with how they play. They don't have to be pleased with the result, but they went against a very, very difficult team. They went toe-to-toe with them. They went against a team that some people think may win the Western Conference or will be a top seed in the Western Conference when the playoff starts. And they went toe-to-toe with them. And this 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 was a, a solid effort. They went toe-to-toe with them uh, on a day that two of your primary scorers couldn't hit anything. So, again, there are positives to take away, but when you're 0-4 at this point, it's difficult to not lump all of this together. Kings didn't turn the ball over today. Great. They had a lot more assists. Great. They're still not pushing the pace, and they're not, still not, thus, they're still not scoring at the rate that they were last year. And I think the more that the Kings run in half court, uh, the more that number in the loss column is going to get higher. So Rashawn Holmes, he was the guy tonight, no doubt about that. Uh, His 24 points and 13 rebounds, 10 of 14 shooting, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. How big of a challenge is that when you've got guys like Buddy and Bogey struggling to shoot the ball like the way they normally do, and then you still have to keep pace with a team like that? I mean, it happens. You know, it happens. You know, they're two of the best shooters in the league, and tonight they just had an off night, but they competed aggressively on the defensive end. thought they made great plays, especially myself, you know, where they were jumping them up top in the quick rolls. They made great passes, great plays. And, uh, you know, the ball just didn't go in for them tonight. But as teammates, we got the back. We want them to keep shooting those shots. And uh, we get the shots that they got tonight. We'll win a lot of games. You said before the game that he wanted you guys to run to try and create your own energy, which is something you felt had been lacking the first few games. Do you look at that as a personal challenge for you coming into the game saying, hey, I can bring energy every single time? Oh, definitely. You know, um, pace is something that I can definitely control when I come in the game, you know, flying around in the half court even setting screens. And I feel like that's something I can control, and that's kind of my role in this team, to bring that energy and bring that pace. So it's definitely something I'm looking to do. Defensively, you did a really tremendous job tonight on a very talented player. Is that something you also look at as saying, hey, I can impact both ends equally? Oh, definitely. It's a challenge. You know, we, we all know how great of a player Jokic is, you know how great he's been since he's come into this league. So it's a challenge that I look forward to. You know, this is the NBA. I look forward every night to playing against the best and proving myself. So, you know, I enjoy those type of matchups. Again, a great performance from Rashawn Holmes right there. Uh, a tremendous performance, uh, both 
offensively and defensively. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and being part of the show. Uh, if you're not yet a subscriber, please become one. If you haven't rated the show yet on Apple Podcasts, if you could do that, it literally takes a split second. Hit the five-star review. I know the Kings aren't playing like five stars, but hopefully this podcast is delivering like five stars for you. Tell all your Kings friends about what we're doing here over on the Hoopball Podcast Network, and we'll see you again Wednesday night following the Sacramento Kings and the Charlotte Hornets here on the Sacramento Kings Podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network.